All right, good morning. Welcome into the show. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Jeff Zilgit, massively talented, well-respected NBA national writer for USA Today, an accomplished foodie, and, as I understand it, a trout fisherman, fly fisherman extraordinaire, joins me now on the show. Hello, Mr. Renaissance Man. <laughs> How's it going, Bill? Hope you're doing well. I'm doing wonderful. Hope your summer's going well. Let me, Jeff, I've never asked you this. Are you a big soccer fan? Are you? Are you? Do you, do you watch soccer in your spare time? I'm not a huge soccer fan, Bill. I, I'll pay attention. I'll watch. Uh, I, I, I know enough to understand it. Uh, but you know, I'm not going to come around every you know four years at the World Cup or pretend uh, you know I'm some UEFA expert or anything like that. Uh, but you know, I, I know enough to pay attention to the big events. All right, let me just give you a little a little um, info then for my for my first question. I'm going to throw the curveball right 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 out the bat, Jeff Zilgit. There's a soccer player who's pretty well known in Paul Pogba, who yes. hired allegedly a witch doctor to cast a spell on one of his teammates, killing Mbappe. But he has told the police, "No, no, I hired the witch doctor just to, to cast a protective spell over me." Here's my question. Am I missing an important aspect of NBA beat reporting and not being on the witch doctor uh, magic component of what goes on in, in the sport we cover? Sometimes, Bill, I think that someone has a voodoo doll of me and are sticking pins at me at various times when my life isn't going exactly the way I want it. And so I may have to counter that with my own witch doctor uh, at a certain point. So, Bill, I was aware of that story. Uh, it, it, that, that did come across my timeline. Um, maybe it's something we need to dig into and, and find out who's using the witch doctors to uh, cast a spell on other players. Who would be more likely to to go to the length it would take emotionally, mentally, morally to, to hire a witch doctor? Uh, Russell Westbrook directed toward toward uh, his organization or Kevin Durant directed toward his own? Who, who do you think is more disgruntled right now? Ooh. That's a great question. I, I would probably say Kevin is more disgruntled right now. Um, I, you know, I, I think Russ in general, uh, you, you know, even if things aren't the best, rolls with the punches a little bit better than Kevin does. That's how I'll probably put that one. You know, and, and look, Jeff, just, real, just real quick, though, I mean, look, Kevin went to great lengths um, to try to get moved out of Brooklyn, and it didn't happen. And I think that's probably frustrating on his end. You and I have chatted. I think things worked against him uh, in certain ways. Um, and the Nets, you know, just didn't feel that the market was there for what they thought they should get in return for a player such as Kevin Durant. You know, Jeff, one of the things that I think is really fascinating about about sports and about about greatness is that some guys can rise above what's going on in their personal life or the drama they create or their teammates inflict in their own locker room, and, and some can't. We're, we're all human beings. We're all complicated creatures, and we all react differently to the number of variables and, and voodoo doll pins that get stuck in our direction. Well, to, for you, in what's going to be a very interesting locker room, right? Ben Simmons and whatever sort of his mindset is, to say nothing of his physical abilities and willingness on the court, and, and Kyrie Irving, to you, where does Kevin Durant come down on the scale of a guy who is or isn't able to play at a remarkable level when there's all this drama a part of his team? Well, I think it is incumbent upon him in this particular situation, especially if he wants to revisit this topic, Bill, of being moved, 
to find a way to be a all NBA player this season. I think he's certainly capable of doing it. I, I, I don't know Kevin well enough to say, you know, how he has been in other situations and, and how he has reacted. And, you know, was he, you know, unhappy at, with Team X and, and wanted out but still played at a high level? I think he's certainly capable of it. And I think that's what, exactly what he's going to do, Bill. And for whatever time the Nets can make this work, if they, if they can, they, they have, you know, certainly two really, really good players and a third who, you know what, Bill was a two-time all-star by the time he was 25 in Ben Simmons. Um, so they really have the ability uh, to, to make this work. Um, now, whether they can, that's a whole, whole other story, and, and whether it will happen. Uh, but Bill, the odds makers, when it was reported that Kevin was going to start the season with Brooklyn, their odds to win the championship improved. And so I think that says a lot about what people feel about Kevin Durant, and and I apologize for the siren. Um, it's perfectly appropriate because it, it is a <laughs> perfect sound to represent yeah, for, Brooklyn's situation. situation. Emergency, yeah. yeah. It, 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 so, Bill, I, look, I, I think the Nets are going to be one of those teams that you look at in the East, um, along with Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, you know, who should be rotating, you know, somewhere among spots one through five throughout the season. Talking to Jeff Zilgit here on the show. Uh, Jeff, I, I just got done talking about my very limited interactions with John Wall over the years and just how much I liked him. Again, I know you don't know these guys from a two-hour interaction over a meal or whatever, but I just like the guy. And um, obviously his career has not gone the way that he wanted. He had some really, I thought, honest, impressively honest comments about his depression and what he's been through the last few years and thoughts of suicide. Now, he's a, he's a clipper now. You're based in Washington, D.C. I'm sure you've spent a lot of time around the guy. What, um, what are your impressions of, of John Wall, the, the dude, and, and, and what do you think we, we can expect maybe from John Wall, the player, this year? So, Bill, you, you hit me at a, a, a good moment on this topic. If people don't mind me sharing, I'll try to make the story quick. It was a few years ago in D.C. John Wall was injured. It's late in the season. Um, the White House Correspondents' Dinner is happening in D.C., and I was asked on behalf of you know our paper to see if I could get anyone from the world of sports to go. I asked if John Wall wanted to go. It's hard to get an NBA player at that time of year because it's end of the season, playoffs are coming, John wasn't playing. He came to the White House Correspondents' Dinner, though, and he brought his mom. And unbeknownst to me, I didn't know these things happened, I, I sort of get uh, tapped on the shoulder by someone and said, hey, you, John, and John's mom need to get in line. And, Bill, it was a line to meet the president. Uh, it was Barack Obama at the time. And uh, John's mom was overjoyed. I didn't know this was going to happen. Um, and, and so, like, that's one of those personal moments I'm always going to remember with John. Um, I also – I went down to North Carolina when he was in high school to do a story on. So I've known him a long time. Oh, wow. So I've always liked him. Um, and I thought he was open and honest and forthcoming about his mental health. And I think the key takeaway here, Bill, amidst all the things he said about how difficult it was losing his mom, then his grandmother, him not being able to play, sitting out basically two seasons, maybe the equivalent of probably three seasons out of five, after all the missed games, 
I, I think the key takeaway, Bill, is that he also mentioned, and I think this got buried a little bit, that he went and found help, professional help, Bill, with a therapist. And uh, I think that was a really important note. And I'm really looking forward to seeing John play. I think he can be a valuable contributor to the Los Angeles Clippers on that team. And by all accounts, he has looked good in all the off-season workouts. And I saw a clip from Paul George talking about that. You know, John looks really good. And and I hope that's the case because I also, when we're talking about, I I know life and these things are much bigger, Bill, but if he's back to playing high-level basketball, and I'm not talking he doesn't need to be an all-star, but that Clippers team, Bill, is a team I think that can contend for a championship. And if they have a pretty good John Law alongside Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, that's really, really going to help that team out. Yeah, Jeff, I'm with you, and, I, and it, it's a, it's an exciting reality for the Clippers as there is a different reality right now playing out for for the Lakers, or at least the possibility, the very real possibility of of a different outcome. What do you think the the reasonable ceiling is for the Los Angeles Lakers as they're currently constructed? And Bill, I, I, I've been thinking about this as I think about preseason uh, preview stories. I, they're, they're, I don't think they're a top eight team, though. Now, I know that the Utah Jazz and, and they're sort of the way they're going to rebuild that team, that may open up a spot for the Lakers to move into the top eight. But let's just take a look at the, the top, Bill, when you think about you're going to help me out here. You know, Golden State, Phoenix, Denver's getting two stars back in yeah. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. You, you have the Clippers, um, who I mentioned. Uh, I'm just not sure, Bill, where the Lakers fit into that top into that top eight in yeah, the West no, I, as, I, as they're currently I'm constructed. And it's really weird to say that on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. LeBron let it be known that not only does he want to play long enough to play with his oldest son, Bronny, he in the NBA, he wants to hang on to play with his other son, whose name I should absolutely know and is just completely escaping me. It, I guess from Tom Brady, I, I should I should know better, but it. Is it real? Is it realistic that LeBron James could could play in the NBA as a as a guy that's impactful on some level for another five or six years? Does that strike you as as reasonable? Yeah, Bill. Because and you and I have watched it. I mean, does anything LeBron anything LeBron has done, whether we thought it was impossible or not, he by and large has accomplished a lot of it. And the way he takes care of himself, Bill. It wouldn't surprise me uh, if he gave it a run into his early 40s. Now, you know, six years down the road, Bill, I don't know. You know, you, you want to play basketball at that, at that point in your life? I realize it might be fun to play with a son or your, uh, another son for a, a bit. But, you know, I think there's a part of him that, uh, you know, also wants to look forward to the rest of his life uh, and all the things he has going on off the court. But for the short term, Bill, to play with Bronny, uh, possibly Bryce, you know, five years down the road. I mean, I'm not going to put it past LeBron. And I still think he could be, you know, he's not going to be, you know, MB, MB, MVP LeBron, and he might not even be all NBA LeBron, but he's a guy who could have an impact on the team, uh, you, you know, in ways that, uh, you know, we probably haven't seen before. Let me ask you a question, um, Jeff Zilgit, that would make our good friend Howard Beck sigh audibly if he were in your place right now. It's just, it would be a straight, uh, but I want to ask you. Let's just say that Steph Curry and the Warriors win at least two more championships, which is not easy, 
but I don't think it's not like saying I'm going to dunk a basketball. It's certainly physically possible. And and simultaneously, LeBron James does not win another title, but does become the all-time leading scorer. Is there a situation where we could have a conundrum where we're talking about LeBron maybe as the best player of all time, but other people are talking about, man, what if Steph's actually the better player of the era? Ah, Bill, boy, that's a complicated <laughs> one that uh, you, you threw my way. I did have a big <laughs> sigh there. Um, I, I think we're just going to have to look at uh, the overall accomplishments. And I think LeBron ultimately, and I understand the distinction you're making right there um, with it. Um, but I, I still think we're going to look at LeBron as the best player of the era and, you know, one of the best of all time. Steph certainly – what he's doing and, you know, what may he, he may continue to do certainly puts him in the conversation, Bill, and I'm not sure we thought that was going to be the case two years ago. Let's put it that way. Um, and, and he's made himself part of that conversation, and that's all credit to Steph. Uh, and, and yet, uh, you know, uh, I, and look, I always just say the passing of time, you know, always changes things. And so, Bill, you and I could be having this conversation in two years and both feel really, really different uh, about, uh, you know, what we're saying today. All right, Jeff Zilgit is our guest. If you are the person with the voodoo doll, stop sticking needles <laughs> in the Zilgit doll. He's a great guy. Uh, Jeff Zilgit, as always, buddy, great talking to you. Looking forward to seeing you, on, you know, on the circuit this year. Thanks for thanks for making time. Yep, that sounds good. Let me know when you're out east, uh, Bill. I will, pal. Thank you, right. Jeff Zilgit. See you, pal, on the show. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Jeff Zilgit. It's like what a great story about John Wall and. and and his late mother, and, and, and Jeff facilitating that, that moment with the president. That is really cool. Um, phone number here on the show, 855-212-4CBS. We've got another Kevin Wall, not Joel, Kevin Wall, Andrew Bogish, Sports Talk Radio Gumbo. Kevin's put together by or sell. Bogish is going to read it. I'm going to answer some questions. It's all happening next year on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Writer Than You on CBS Sports Radio. Of the show, Bill Ryder with you. Andrew Bogus is hanging out. Andrew, I feel like you're the fashionista of the group. Thank you for noticing. You're welcome. Style is uh, is ever present, overwhelming in a good way. Can I tell you a quick fashion story? And you tell me if this sounds normal or if a witch doctor has been hired to cast a spell upon me. Because this actually is weird to me. You ready? Man, you are spooked by the witch doctor. It really is throwing me. My cousin is a high-level government person. And he has access sometimes, like some really cool events and and things that are are hard to get into um, that are borderline, well, not top secret, but they're they're pretty private. And I, I saw him recently, and he brought me to this really cool, this really cool sort of military thing that, that was amazing. But I didn't have a suit. I didn't know I needed a suit, so he had to, I had to wear a suit, and I had to wear his fancy shoes. And the shoes were, like, maybe halfway through this, this like, five-hour event we were walking around. And the shoes, I realized, are, are not the right size, and they're cutting into the back of my, the back of my ankle. And I bled. Like, I literally have two giant, there's still, there's, like, two weeks ago, open wounds where the back heel of the shoe is just digging into my skin, and it really hurts. Is this a thing that happens? I don't wear fancy shoes that much. If you, is this a common thing? I mean, if you're wearing the wrong size, absolutely. But you it know, cuts into. Okay. Yeah, I mean, a new shoes 
can need to be broken in. Might be a little rough. I had some new, coolish, like, high tops kind of the other day, and, like, they rubbed a little slit in my ankle. Yeah. And I needed, and I was, again, like you, like, actual bleeding. I needed a Band-Aid. I needed to clean the shoe to get the blood off. Why wear the... Mine is the size... I'm not sure it's a quarter, but it might be a nickel down there. And it, I'm getting real tired of it. Well, I mean, fashion hurts. Fashion's not easy. It's a commitment, Bill. So either, you know, wear boring, correct-fitting shoes or deal with the bleeding and look awesome. When I was a younger reporter in Des Moines, Iowa, I, I did a um, a big written series on homeless teenagers in, in, in Iowa, in Des Moines. And I had to go in the woods... And, and, like, hang out with these. I mean, I, w- I didn't sleep out there, but I basically was with these four teenagers for four straight months in the woods, crazy stuff, and I would dress like a homeless person so that I, because somebody pulled a knife on me once, and I was like, oh, maybe I should dress differently. Okay, so that was an experience. And everyone in the newsroom knew that, so I would come in sometimes, and I would look like like I had been around homeless people. And then I got done with the with the with the reporting, right? I had I had spent months doing. I had, I had like a month to write this thing, and I come in one day, and someone goes, "Writer, I you know, great reporting. Uh, where'd you get the I'm homeless clothes?" And I go, "What?" They go, "What you're wearing right now? Where do you?" I was wearing an actual outfit that I thought looked nice. <laughs> I was no longer in the homeless clothes. I thought. Yeah. So my point is, I'm not a fashion guy. I'm like, oh no, this is my outfit. I that the reporting ended a few days ago. Yeah, I mean, neither am I, but it, you and Diesel aren't either. So by by default, I kind of win here. It's <laughs> you intentionally bleed for your shoes. I mean, well, a- that was not my plan, and I did think about not wearing them anymore. But like, okay. no one's going to confuse me for being a trendsetter, being on style right now. Like, I've got a t-shirt and shorts on. It just Diesel wears. Weird jeans and boring shirts, and you wear Anthony Davis ironic <laughs> T-shirts. So I again, it's I'm getting a, I'm coming through the back door to get this win. But not what you're saying is not a witch doctor. I don't think so. No, no, not a witch doctor. Okay. All right, just good uh, company. Okay. Just good to get off. My, I feel better now. I feel I feel feel a little less attacked on the mystical side. Let's get into buy or sell. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. And you said D-Sell's back tomorrow, so this is it for me? This is my last chance to be him? This is your last... I mean, look, we could um, we could mix it up. I'm just telling you, we it's your... No. We can he- do a whole shtick where you just take it from him. No. No, when you he's... You have stolen his moment. Couldn't possibly do it. When he's here... He does it. It's his thing. I can't do it like him. I would never, ever, ever steal his pride and joy. I'm going to tell you a story. You can buy or sell whether you think this story is true. Okay? This fact or fiction that when Tom DiBenedetto left the role of executive producer of the show to executive produce the Jim Rome show, and D-Cell, Tom DeCelestino, similar names, got the job, buy or sell that I said to D-Cell, hey... Bogish is great on the air. Maybe we should have Bogish read buy or sell. And he goes, quote, no, not Bogish, end quote. Buy or sell, that's a true story. Fingers crossed, holding my heart tightly. Sell. Sell. 100% true story. 100% true 
True wow. story. I think he just wanted to do it himself. But I try. Out- I try so hard <laughs> with that young man, and it doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> Fire sale begins in the NFL. John Gruden spoke yesterday for the first time publicly since his vulgar emails were released almost a year ago. Expressing regret for his actions, Gruden admitted he can't watch his former channel ESPN any longer and said he is hoping to get one more chance to coach in the NFL. I'm ashamed about uh, what has uh, come about in these emails, and I'll make no uh, excuses for it. It's just, it's, it's shameful. But uh, I am a good person. I believe that. I, I'm, I, I go to church. I've been married for 31 years. i got three great boys. I still love football. I've made some mistakes. But I don't think anybody else in here hasn't. Uh, and I just ask for forgiveness, and hopefully I get another shot. Buy or sell that John Gruden knows deep down his NFL coaching career is over. Ooh. I mean, and look, I, I'm i not a churchgoer, but I intend to be, right? So I don't know where that puts me on the spectrum of, of understanding. But I, I, I'm not making fun of that. But when you have to go to the church going, I think you're, you know your career is over. I'm going to buy the deep down. Buy. He knows things aren't good. And, that was really terrible. You can sell it. Yeah, no. I'm not even going to acknowledge it. Sell. <laughs> uh, well, how about you? Are you do, you? do you think... I mean, would you agree, buy or sell, that, that if Gruden thinks his career's not over, he's being delusional? Buy. Buy. That was a D-cell twister. It really was. Yeah. Him. Um, he's also sell- he's suing the NFL and Roger Goodell over those emails coming out, and there is some validity to how is he the only person that has gotten in trouble off the Washington commander's investigation, which is where this came from. Only his bad emails came out. So there probably is something to his fight, but it's going to be hard to hire him with those things like down and writing. And apparently there are more emails we found out recently in a court proceeding. So yeah, I think Johnny knows that that's it for him. This to me is the no good guys thing. Like you're right. It's insane that he's the only person that got punished. And it's clear that the NFL just leaked these to destroy the guy. But it reminds me of episodes of The Sopranos when you have two or three bad guys going at each other. You don't really feel bad for whichever one loses. Exactly. Uh, we've spoken this week about the 2018 NFL quarterback draft class and another one of those QBs, not Baker Mayfield, making headlines in the last 24 hours. Josh Rosen, who openly said after he got drafted by the Cardinals 10th overall that nine teams made a mistake not selecting him. Rosen's now looking For his seventh NFL team in four seasons, he was competing for the Browns' backup QB position, but was let go, failing to make the 53-man roster. Buy or sell Josh Rosen's NFL career, one of the saddest that we can remember. I mean, I forgot about the nine teams made a mistake quote. Not, Not mad at him. Not mad at him. One of the saddest, though? I'm going to sell. Sell. Failure happened. It's just, that's part of the, it's part of the deal, you know? A Rosen by any other name is still a Rose. We stick to the NFL (laughs) for one more question. The Saints made a rather shocking trade yesterday, sending safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to the Eagles after the Saints were trying to extend him for, or after three interceptions last season. 
They couldn't get that done, shift their intention to trading the 24-year-old safety, and they do so yesterday to Philly. Fifth-round pick in 2023 and a sixth-round pick in 2024. Buy or sell, the Eagles stole this one from the Saints. I'll, I'll buy. Yeah, buy. I understand. He was, there was some competition to that position with the Saints, and as you said, they could not come to terms on a financial deal. But all of a sudden, Philly's interesting. I guess it comes down to Hurts. Buy or sell, the Eagles make the playoffs this year. Oh, I'll buy that. Buy. Yeah, right? They're good. I think they're going to win they, the NFC East. Is that an accomplishment, and should that get you in the playoffs? It should get you into the if Honestly, it should get you in the playoffs. It should not get you a home game. Do you think they'll win 10 games or more? Whoever wins the division, do you uh, think win 10 games or more? 10 seems like as far as I can go. 10 and 7, I'll give you that. So, buy or sell the Eagles are good enough this year to win a playoff game. I'll buy that too. Bye. Yeah, I hope so. That's another young quarterback that I'm that I'm just randomly rooting for that I would like to see have some success. Yeah, you know, it depends on matchup. It'll be a home game if they win the division like I think they're going to. So yeah, they could win a game like that. Uh buy or sell that Silver Linings playbook made you give you, you know, a little soft spot for the Eagles. Uh I'll give you a D cell answer here. I haven't seen that movie. Can't answer what? the question. Yeah. Sell. Sell that sell. fact. It's fine. I'll take it. I think, didn't Jennifer Lawrence win the Academy Award for Best Actress for that? Uh, she might have. I think the director definitely won for directing it. And that's one of the many films where Bradley Cooper didn't win. Um, True. That's a Dude, that is a great movie. Sport, sports adjacent, right. but a phenomenal film if you and your wife are looking for a little rom-com with an emotional twist, a little depth to it. Yeah, and I, I have not chosen not to watch it. I just, it's never actually been an option post it being in theaters. I think it, it's probably out there. It's probably free on 41 streaming services you think? right now. If it is, I'll watch 100%. it soon. 100%. Yes. It's All right. Uh, some college football now. Nebraska head coach Scott Frost addressed the media yesterday, still recovering from his team, blowing an 11-point lead Saturday in Dublin against Northwestern. Frost, who is now 15-30 and 30 with the Cornhuskers, made some post-game comments that might have sounded like criticism of offensive coordinator Mark Whipple. When asked about potential bad blood between those two, Frost responded with... No, not at all. Uh, it's, it's, it, he, he's, he's really smart, really good at what he does. Um, we have a lot of other coaches that are really smart, really good, good at what they do. Uh, we just need to, to find our rhythm of putting all the best stuff together. And I thought it was good on Saturday. Um, it can be better. Buy or sell, you're believing Scott Frost right now. Um, I'll sell. He sounds like a broken sell. man. <laughs> and after the game, I thought he sounded frosty. How about the fact that his buyout drops in half from 15 to 7.5 mil when September's over? How about the fact that he better enjoy his job through September? I, we discussed this the other day. I just don't... I don't know... Who wants that job now? That is one of those jobs where the expect the, the the distance between the expectations of the fan base and the people in charge, the distance between that and reality and your ability to recruit is so vast now. I don't I don't know how that program is successful again without because Scott Frost was supposed to work because he is a for, he's a Cornhusker, right? Right. He wants to be there, he's home, he's a legend. I remember how great he was. We all thought he was gonna be a good coach. Who am I missing 
I mean, the Osborne era was a long time ago. I don't know if there's anybody else out there I can think of that's a that's a Cornhusker waiting in the wings wanting that job. Well, I mean, the only good news is that things are so bad right now that almost anything the new guy does is going to be better than Scott Frost. So maybe there's like a a tiny little bit of some built-in patience when you take that job. Now, it'll turn in a hurry, but no one wanted him to keep this job still. He kept it. And then he decides that onside kick on so that, that completely changes the game. That had no rationale behind doing it. It's terrible. And they're basically now counting down until they can save seven and a half mil to fire him. So someone will obviously take that job and at least be a little better than him and maybe earn some goodwill. It is, ex- and I have a lot of family members from Nebraska, so I, I just feel I can't believe I pity for Nebraska football. They were dominant for so much of my life. But do you know how hard it is, if you're Scott Frost, the accomplishment to make Bo Pelini remember <laughs> fondly? Do you remember? I was there last year. My Fordham oh, Rams right. played at Nebraska. It was everybody's season opener. And I remember asking people, how much do they have to win by to not get Scott yelled at all weekend? And like the line was like 40-something. And that dude, and everyone said he's got a cover. And that dude played until the end. And the last points put them over the line That's to win. Right. And at one point, it was only 10-7 Nebraska in the second quarter. And that was an uneasy place to be sitting in. Was that, because I have not been there in years, but I've been there a lot. It, it is an incredible, incredible venue. When oh, I was, it's amazing. Fans, still amazing? Yes. Yeah. It was full? Well, so that's the one of the issues they have. It was full, but they had to have a booster by the last, I don't know, five or six K and then handed them out to like charities and whatnot. So it was not a natural sellout. It had to get there with some help. All right, I'm going to ask you a really depressing question. Um, Buy or sell Nebraska football wins a bowl game in the next six years? Oh, buy. Buy. You think they'll get to a bowl game and win one? Combination of so many bowl games, somebody's got to be better than Scott Frost. They'll win a game, yes. In the next six years, yes. Because it ain't gonna be Scott. No. He's bad. I don't. What? It, it's just amazing. And to your point about the onside kick, not just his inability to be sophisticated at the level that we thought he would, but his inability to just even remotely be competent in what feel like pretty random auto moments. Like there's an auto move for this. You kick the ball off. It's not like you have to go to the chart or talk to the guys. It's pretty self-explanatory. And. However he wants to defend himself, he said what he said Saturday, and it didn't sound good. So at the very least, he should be better at expressing himself carefully after such a game because it certainly sounded like he didn't like Mark Whipple's decisions and said something about, you know, we need to have better communication as a staff. Like, it didn't sound good. So either express yourself better or fix the problems, but don't behave the way he did after that game. Buy or sell, you really liked my frosty Pun. Well, I'll buy it. Buy. Because now I want a Wendy's Frosty. <laughs> I haven't had a Frosty in 15 years, and that's a mistake by me. They're so good. I mean, I'm shocked by that, but you've got two kids. You guys not every once in a while make a Wendy's run and get a Frosty? I guess I'm just weirdly brand loyal. I just, I've never been a big Wendy guy, and oh. so we just, yeah, I've, well, I've deprived my children of that. Although you are sitting where there's ample in and out burgers, and I don't know if that's your that's number like, one, but like Wendy's here in New York, to me, is better than McDonald's, and those are that's our choice. 
Right. I mean, the other thing is Shake Shack's made its move into the neighborhood recently, so it's we in and out, and then when we're feeling different, we go to Shake Shack, which is also outstanding. Yeah. Not not as good. But ha- had that last night, but even that feels like a little north of Wendy's because a meal for four at Shake Shack is almost double yes. a meal for four at Wendy's. The Shake Shack near you guys, the the Shake Shack test kitchen, I used to go in there and yeah. it'd be like $32. I, mean, I know. I was so hungry, I just eat it. Like, okay. I forgot about that. I haven't been there in a while. They get, they get like the fancy shakes before yeah. everybody else does. Some new sandwiches every once in a while. That's a good spot. You're right. I used to go there. I was in that office. I used to eat there at, for lunch, and then occasionally when the show was at 6 at night, at 5, I would just walk over and get another one. Good for you. Yeah. Really good for my figure. Uh, Diesel really was looking strong. Diesel just texted. It's getting late. So let me let me jump ahead here. <laughs> I think we've got time for one more. So, well, four more. Your choice: tennis, baseball, or soccer. Oh no, you can't! I want all three. All right. Um, let's go. Let's uh, let's go tennis. Let's go soccer. The transfer window <laughs> for major clubs in Europe closes <laughs> tomorrow, and many right. big clubs have already soccer! made their big time moves. However, there are some still expected before tomorrow's deadline. One of the big names potentially on the move is RB Leipzig defender and we're just meeting today, Joskel <laughs> Gvardiol. This, this fine is. gentleman's only 20 years old. He's been talking to Man U, Chelsea making a late push, buy or sell that our good friend Joskel Gvardiol will be on a different club after tomorrow's deadline. Why would you do this to me? Do what? I'm just a puppet. People give me words, I read them. Did you mean Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang? Was that what you you meant to ask No, I know Uh, that name, and this is... Joskal, as you know, is spelled (laughs) J-O-S-K-O-L. I do know that. Gvardiol, which I think is also a a, a medication, G-V-A-R-D-I-O-L. Side effects include headaches, diarrhea, abdominal pain, and nausea. I have all of them right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, All right, look. Good old Joskal is just, I don't know. (laughs) Sell. He's so important. Sell. He's so important. (laughs) Why would you do that to me? Is that it? Are we, do you want to throw the tennis one? I'll too, give you a tennis. I'll be not. Here's, a, right. here's a tennis one. I'll, I'll I'm excited. give you a lob here. Uh, a sitter. Serena Williams. Back okay. on the court tonight. I know she is. Again, Arthur Ashe Stadium. Prime time in Flushing. Despite being a heavy underdog, some think she can survive into round three. But in her way tonight is Annette Contivate. She is the two seed in the women's bracket, but has been struggling as of late this summer. Buy or sell that Annette Contivate will continue to struggle and allow Serena's career to extend into at least the third round. I wish I could ask Joskal. He doesn't follow tennis. <laughs> he does. He's too big for that. Um, I will buy that buy. she will struggle because I you think would. Serena is going to play at a really high level in this match. And I think what's going to probably happen, Bogus, is that I think Serena's at some point combination of the accumulation of these matches and the the level that she's going to play. I think she's going to hit a wall. I, I think she's going to play well, and then I think it's going. I think when she it ends in the like third or fourth round, I think it's going to be ugly. Is what I think. 
Yes. I don't think she goes out in a three-set loss at the bitter end. I think it gets, yes. you're right, it's almost like a, it's a march to the death at yeah. the second set of a match. Like a 2 six, one, six. Yeah. But I don't think it's coming tonight. I think she survives tonight. I think she can live off the skill, live off the crowd, and I don't know if Annette Contevate's ready for this atmosphere tonight. So I'm going to give Serena the victory today. Quick last one. Let's say that, that Venus and Serena last longer in doubles than Serena in singles. Buy or sell that Venus and Serena's doubles will become the most poignant moment in sports this year if they both end up retiring, which is somewhat expected. Yeah, I mean, that, that you're right. I forgot about that. We're going to have to have, go on doubles watch as well. Yeah. Bye. Jaskol. Jaskol mm. Best of luck to him and his family during the transfer He's window. Just avoid the witchcraft over there in <laughs> European soccer. All right, let's uh, let's dive a little deeper deeper into Joskel. No, I'm just kidding. Let's talk a little more about John Gruden here on the show. You're listening to Writer Than You on CBS Sports Radio. All right, welcome back into the show. It's Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. We talked in, in buy or sell just a little bit ago about John Gruden, and you heard his hope he's going to get another chance, and he. Says he, he's ashamed, but he's a good person, and he goes to church, and he's been a husband for 31 years. Okay, not even going to dive into that. How about the fact that just as a football coach, including his latest stint, his last stint in the NFL with, with the Raiders, he's been wildly underwhelming. Proof of that bubbled back up this week when the Raiders released Alex Leatherwood, and you're saying, I know that name. Why why do I know that name? Well, because that offensive lineman was the 17th, number 17, first-round pick overall in the draft last year. That makes the third consecutive first-round pick selected by Gruden and by his former GM, Mr. Mayock, Mike Mayock, who was a TV guy before that, Third consecutive first-round pick from those two gentlemen to not make it through two years on the roster. Other is Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett. And there's just a whole list of guys who have been drafted in the first few rounds by the organization, by the former regime, who have either been cut or been really, really underwhelming. It's a, it's a, the list is a who's who of, of basically NFL nobodies. And that's the other, I think, takeaway from, from Gruden. He's not a genius. He's not overly successful, and it's been a long time since he won that Super Bowl, what, about two decades ago. Since that time, and we said this, we were on the air at night then when he got hired several years ago by the Raiders for $100 million. I told you, it was a disastrous hiring. It was a win-the-press-conference, splashy hiring, he's good on TV, he's charming on television hire. A second chance, dude, take away the emails. Take away the obnoxiousness of it. Take away the absolute racism that should exclude you from working in that kind of a job. By the way, all those things are significant. But if you don't want to buy into that or you don't care or you just want to remove it for a second, the guy's not a good enough football coach to get a job if he were a shiny, likable, no-baggage former head coach. But he's got baggage. It's not like a guy who's amazing. This isn't Deshaun Watson who has real allegations against him but is still massively talented, so people make compromises. This isn't a really capable, in this case, head coach, wannabe former head coach, wants to be a head coach again, who's amazing at his job, but but got caught 
got exposed for what he is, and he's going to try to get some team to give him a second chance because he's good enough and they've got to find a way to explain it. You do have to explain the football side, too. The guy's not that good at his job. He doesn't run organizations in an impressive way, and his ego and his approach means John Gruden's not going to work under some GM who has the power. He's not because, A, that's not how he operates, and, B, no GM who's worthy of actually making the decision, right? who's in charge, and in this system, in theory, you'd think you'd have better football operations and better decision-making with the draft and free agency. Any GM who's good enough at his job to be better than Mayock and Gruden isn't going to hire John Gruden because John Gruden's not a very good coach, and John Gruden is going to enact some kind of power struggle, and we saw from the emails that are out that John Gruden, despite the fact that he's been married for 31 years and goes to church, and good for him, I go to church, or at least I intend to, I guess I somewhere my priest is like, bro, you ain't been to church in a while. But I meet, but I get I get the general sentiment. I haven't been married for 31 years, but I've been married for a little bit. What is that? What does that mean? Can I coach in the NFL too? Does that make me the greatest guy in the face of the planet? Give me a break. Give me a break. The guy's not even that good of a coach. He, now, he was good on TV. Different skill. And maybe that's the chance he's looking for. But even then, I find it really hard to believe. Uh, nice work. Good work. By Kevin Wall this week, filling in for for D Cell. We'll find out tomorrow how 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 Tommy Muscles' um, weightlifting competition. I don't even know what it's called. How that went. Hopefully, it went well. But thank you to Kevin for all the good work. Thank you to Andrew Bogish as always for being excellent at w- what he does. Appreciate Jeff Zilgit being on the show today. I'm Bill Ryder. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. We'll see you back here tomorrow on CBS Sports Radio.